Okay, so now we'll talk about the malacha of tying knots and untying knots. It's called the shiro matir, kosho matir, tying and untying a knot. So it's one of the 39 malachas. It's mentioned in the Gemara, also in the Ayin Dalad base, where it says that in the Mishkan they would tie the knots in order to make a net to capture chilozin, so they could get the blue dye for the for the the uh, blue, and it's also in the Mishnah in Perik Eluk Sharim on Daf Kuf Yud Aleph, um, over there as well. <clears throat> it explains that there are three types of knots. There is an aser, There's a knot which is forbidden from the Torah. There's a uh, knot which is forbidden to tie rabbinically, and there is a knot which you can tie um, initially. And on that that piece over there, there's an argument in the Rishonim explaining the difference between these types of knots. Rashi and the Rosh, they hold that the only difference is about how much time it will be tied for until it's untied. That if it's made, that it's going to last forever or long, long, long time, right? So then it'll be awesome from the Torah. And if it's made to last only a regular amount of time, it's rabbinically forbidden. And if it's made to be very short amount of time as it's tied, and it will be untied very quickly, so then it will be allowed even initially. According to the Rambam and the Rif, no, they hold that the dinim are dependent on two factors. Number one, the amount of time it's tied for. Obviously, if it was the nature of such a knot is being tied immediately, that would not be a uh, biblical type of knot, right? It couldn't, couldn't be such a condition of such a knot. But the second condition is not only how much time it needs to be for, but the type of quality of knot. Is it a Maise Uman or Maise Hedjit? Is it a professional knot or a non-professional knot? So an example of professional knot could be like, let's say, a sailor knot, a knot, a knot you tie an animal like a camel or so. But the truth is, is that this itself about how we define uh, a Maise Uman knot, a knot of a professional, is itself not 100% clear to us, and sometimes in halacha we, out of doubt, will consider it potentially a professional knot. Now, halachically, the Shulchan Aruch says that we should follow really both um, opinions to follow any stringency within them. So the bottom line is that rabbinically, you will definitely have to be concerned of any of the following scenarios. If the knot is tied to last for a long time, for sure. And even if it's not maybe made to last a long time, but it's maybe a professional knot on my seuman, um, that will also that will also be a problem. So um, even if it's a professional knot on my seuman, it would be forbidden. Even if you were planned to undo it that very day on Shabbos, you tie it and, and you untie it that day, it would still be forbidden. So going now to you know some practical examples. Um, we have, say, tying your shoes. So the common, uh, uh, I guess, well-known saying is that if it's a tying your shoes where you, you, you tie it once and then you put a loop, so that's okay. And that's correct because, first of all, it's not made to last for an indefinite amount of time. People usually tie their laces often and untie them. And also, it's not a professional knot. So what would be a problem on tying your shoes if you do a double knot? So even though a double knot might not be uh, intended for lasting a long time, maybe you just want to have a double knot so that the shoe won't get untied very quickly. And even if it's not necessarily going to 
It's not necessarily a professional knot, but it is a little tight. The intention is that it's not going to be able to be undone by itself generally. So nonetheless, um, we are stringent out of doubt that maybe that's considered some sort of knot which either comes into either category where it's going to, it's like a professional knot, potentially maybe at least in doubt, or that the problem is that it's uh, made to last. So, so at least out of doubt, well, that's why the double knot is not allowed. The Alter Rebbe says it in Sif Beis. It says, We are no Right? We don't tie, or now we're not allowed to even untie any knot which has two knots on top of each other, even if it's oimid lahatiroi beyoimai, even if it's made that you're intending to undo it that day. Because we don't know what's considered a Maisa Uman, which is forbidden to tie or untie, and even if it's not Okay, fine. And he says, then Alter says that any any Kesher, which any knot, which is basically strong in place, Yeshli Stopic, we have what to have a doubt on it, maybe it is a Maisa Uman. Okay. Now, let's give another example. We have on Shabbos, people uh, sometimes will have a full garbage bag and they, wanna, they don't want the smell to emanate. So we know that a garbage is, is muksa, moving garbage is muksa. However, we know that Gerif Shalrei, we have discussed when we went through the laws of muksa, that there is an allowance to remove something which has a bad smell. You're not, to, you're not allowed to initially create a circumstance where you're making a bad smell so that you can move it. But if it is there already and it's your place of where it's bothering you, it's in a place where the smell is, in a place where you plan to be. It's not in some place in the back of your house or something, but in the, so then you're, you have an allowance to remove it out, even though that generally otherwise it would be muksa. However, so now you want, you don't want it to, the smell to emanate, so you want to, sometimes people like to tie the garbage bag. So the problem would be over here is that by tying the garbage bag together, you are now creating a knot, which is probably not ever intended to be undone because it, once it gets picked up to the garbage collectors and they throw it wherever it ends up going in the landfills, whether it got undone or not, but the point is, is that you are no, there was no intent to ever untie it. So therefore, you're not allowed to tie a garbage bag on Shabbos, even though that the smell will bother you. So what could you do? So there are some um, possible solutions. You could make a single uh, knot. Now, a single knot is not very strong. It's like, imagine tying your shoelace one time before doing the bows. Uh, how long of a knot will it last that way? But nonetheless... So since it's not really made to last, it's not a strong knot and it could get undone very easily, but it could still close it a little bit so that you could do because it's not really any forbidden knot. It's, it's, it's a knot which is considered mutter. It's considered mutter. That's one solution that is written by some postkim. Another option is you could take um, maybe a rubber band around it and um, close it up. But you can't use those uh, ben, uh, uh, those twine those twines that they you know you put around uh, bags of bread loaf uh, where you have a bread loaf in, in a bag. To, you can't take a twine like that. Those are also rabbinically forbidden to um, to do on Shabbos. Um, now uh, there is, however, one. I will we'll finish up with one more question. Um, your shoelaces. Let's say they get um, on your shoe, the shoelace breaks. 
you want to know if you could put a new shoelace in your shoe on Shabbos. So, although it's not necessarily tying any knots, but nonetheless, it brings up the question if by doing that, by putting the shoelaces through the, the shoe, will that be considered a tikkun mana, fixing your vessel? So, um, so in general, we are, we, we are stringent to say that there's a problem here, that you cannot put a new shoelace in a shoe um, because it's, it's like it's fixing the vessel, fixing the shoe. There is I, two solutions that I've seen that are, that are for this case. One solution you could do is you could put it not through every hole. You'll skip some holes or just a couple of the holes. So it's really not practical that a person would want to keep a shoelace in that way throughout Shabbos. I mean, they'll, I guess if they have no choice, they need it that way. But, you know, they'll have to fix it right after Shabbos. So it's not considered like a real tikkun money. It's not like you're fixing the shoe. Another solution I saw from um, from Reb Chaim Na, of Reb Chaim Na, he brings down if you had, let's say, a colored a shoelace, which is a different color from that of the shoe, so that's so different and so unstylish of the times. Now, he, he, he was writing this around the 1950s or so, or the 1940s, and, and it's so un, uncommon and, and so unusual, so you could put it in because you won't want it to stay that way. I might question that today with some, you know, society trends and dressing norms for certain people, you know, where sometimes maybe the shoelace might be a little different color and that's on purpose that way and it's, it's in a style of for some people or perhaps a fad or so. So maybe that might not be able to be used always, but uh, indeed if it was something which was uh, unique and not something anyone would plan to keep it there, then seemingly yes, his, his, had to, his allowance would apply. Good shots.